Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Famous Last Words. Uh, today we're talking about the the uh, the rats of the sky, the uh, you know creatures that that own the the open well whatever. We're talking about the birds. The birds from 1963, directed by, of course, Alfred Hitchcock. My name's Andrew, and I'm Teresa. The Birds is about, well, you know, The Birds is about a young woman played by Tippi Hedren, or is it Tippi Hedren? Yes. Yes. Uh, Tippi Hedren, who goes off to her a country estate and had, kind of has a flirtation with a man, and as she's having the flirtation with a man, a not at all explained bird attack happens on this little island and and there's explosions and people die and and then they take refuge in this house and birds get in and and peck her face off and and this movie is almost more known for the lore around that was made for than the movie itself though the movie itself is a really interesting one um because i think this is there's really really famous hitchcock and then there's like vertigo and psycho and North by Northwest, like what we consider like notorious Rebecca. Like these are the ones that like are known about, known about, known about. Then there's ones that we don't know that we uh, don't know as much about. And think about his silent movies. Like The Lodger is a great movie and it has amazing sequences in it, but there's some flaws in it. It's not as well put together. And if we're te- thinking of like Topaz or Tur- Torn Curtain or Marnie, um, you know, some of those movies just are not as good. Uh, Blackmail that is not. Is Marnie not, is my jam. I know Marnie is your jam. <laughs> no. But but you understand what I'm saying? Like there's the, like the really really famous ones, and and the birds is funny because I think it's not as good as Vertigo or Rear Window, or North by Northwest or Psycho. Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd say that you're accurate in saying that his masterpieces correlate with the really well-known famous films, the, all the ones you've listed. Plus I'd throw in rear window cause that's a personal favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the birds, the birds is incredibly well-known because I think of its horror element. And the thing that scared people the most was that these creatures who seem so calm and a part of nature all around us, are causing such destruction and hate towards humans. And I just think that struck a chord with everyone. And in some ways, people are a lot more afraid of the, the birds than Psycho. Yeah. I think the birds, the birds is a funny one. Because like I mentioned before, I think that there's also like, this is the movie that everyone kind of references when they're like, oh yeah, Alfred Hitchcock, hmm, like he's a little like obsessive. And... Um, You're just going to hate on the birds, aren't you? I don't like the birds. I oh, mean, my God. <laughs> I love the birds. The birds is a great kids movie. You want to scare movie. some kids? You make them watch the birds when they're young, and they'll be afraid of all the birds, all the squirrels, all the wildlife. <laughs> they'll think it's all attacking them. Yeah. I under like There's some amazing sequences in, in the birds, and that shot, I don't know how they got that, that really far out shot of like looking down. But some of the birds look like they're on strings, <laughs> and some of them were. 
And some of them were real. Some of them were, and Tepi Hedren got terrorized by them. This movie would not get made the same way in, in the Me Too era. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I think there was some crossing the line with almost torturing your actors, especially women, that would no longer be acceptable. I mean, even the treatment of animals would not be acceptable nowadays. Like, the fact that anytime they're using the real birds, I think it just wouldn't, it would be a nightmare. It would not be possible now. And so it is in that way. I mean, also terrifying. It's terrifying that these actors had to go through a lot of these scenes being attacked, literally attacked by birds. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think you like birds and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> And you like Marnie, and that's fine. But I think that there's there's the ones... like I, I keep on coming back to this idea. There's the ones of Alfred Hitchcock that we all agree are great. And we all like a lot. And then I think that there's like some splintering off after that. Like, everyone likes Rear Window, but maybe not everyone likes Suspicion. Like, mm-hmm. I love Suspicion. I think Suspicion is one of the best ones, but I realize that it's not necessarily for everyone. Some of the ideas in it are half-baked. Um, but I love Suspicion. Yeah, I mean, isn't it like the Woody Allen thing where he just made so many films so often that they all can't be masterpieces? Right. What was the one we watched the other day that, uh, the other day being up to six months ago, of, of it's all in set in plate in the side of the one room. Um, like, you know, the, the murder is supposed to be staged. He's supposed to... Oh, Dial M for Murder. Dial M for Murder. I hadn't seen that one. Yeah. To me... That one perfectly falls in that category. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was good. I have no desire to watch it again anytime soon, but it's good. Yeah, so I grew up on Hitchcock, so I might have, like, um, sentimental attachment to a lot of these films. I love Dialman for Murder because I watched it as a kid, and I think all of his films were just so fascinating to me. You know, if I was going to watch an old movie... It was going to be Hitchcock or it was going to be the Marx Brothers. <laughs> like, those are my thing. Mm-hmm. And so I possibly could be enjoying films that are of less quality of his. But I don't care because I, like, have an affinity towards them because I watched them as a kid. And they were just things that I had never seen before. I mean, Dialogue for Murder does happen almost all in one room. It's based off of a play. And there's just different elements to that film that... It's just really terrifying for a young <laughs> a young person watching them. See, and, and for me, and I didn't watch nearly as much Hitchcock growing up, um, but I think Rope is a better version of Dial-In for Murder. Oh, Rope is excellent. I think Rope is an amazing movie. I wasn't allowed to watch Rope until I was a little older because it's so... Because of the slight... What? Not because of like... No, and not because of there's some like nudity into it, but because it's so, um, it's much more intense. Yeah, from I, what I can remember. Yeah, they they murder the dude right at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, dial in for for murder. Uh, or sorry, rope. I think rope is 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 a forgotten masterpiece because I think that um, rope doesn't like rope kind of got forgotten and rope kind of. Rope is, is up there. I mean, maybe people don't. Maybe I'm living in a weird bubble where I think people have forgotten about about 
uh, Rope. But I think Rope was a uh, was a great was a really great movie. Um, I mean, there's so many you kind of forget that he, he like he directed some like Sabotage is kind of interesting and Strangers on the Train. I like Strangers on the Train. I want to watch Strangers on the Train again. The setup to that movie is whack. Yeah, like I love that one too. Like he he got weird. He got weirder than like he's he's thought of as being so serious and so austere, but he made like some of the movies are kind of silly. Like they're silly in their own way. <laughs> Lifeboat. Nobody talks about Lifeboat. Lifeboat is he made a lot of movies like with really small constraints that are really interesting. Was Lifeboat also based on a play? Um, I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's another interesting thing is that he would take films that were plays make them into films kind of keep the element of being a play and having one central location and keep that but then use the techniques of filmmaking where you get to have close-ups and you get to have reaction shots and you get to be with the characters a little bit more than a play I think that is is really great for people who love stories of theater but maybe appreciate the subtlety of of filmmaking and on-screen camera work yeah i think um you know hitchcock is is a is a master for a reason he made a lot of movies he made a ton of movies he made a ton of movies uh and he made some tv and he, he did a lot of stuff um but there's a reason why we study them and i know that sometimes like the hype doesn't match like the hype can't match the artistry, but Hitchcock in my mind does match it. And um, talking about the birds, I think that's the thing is I didn't see the birds until I was an adult, so I was like the one that I never had watched, mm-hmm. and so therefore I had like I've never seen it, so I don't know. You don't know what and it was like I, seeing it as like a young kid, right? You don't, yeah, you don't have the experience of the kid in the sequence with the glasses, and the kid is horrific, of course. But like, it's like <laughs> there's still like birds, like. You know, I mean, like our birds oh, really our, birds are terrifying. Our birds really are a threat because, like, if you just get like a big butterfly net, like you're okay. Like, have you seen this movie? This is not what happens. Yeah, but it's not a documentary. But like, <laughs> in the whole sequence where the tanker explodes and like the gas station, it's just like, <laughs> like I mean, it, it's like a it's like a Rube Goldberg machine of like disaster. Like you know, like you need this thing to like you know perfectly lot yeah you you're right the birds is like the basic bitch hitchcock movie like there you go <laughs> you heard it here you know some of the things that hitchcock is revered for and changed the way of cinema is not found in the birds there's no amazing except for maybe that one overhead shot there's and some of the intense close-ups are interesting there's no amazing feat of cinematography or editing necessarily. I mean, he did a good job editing the action of the bird. But, you know, it's not it's it's not a masterpiece. I mean, it's the first movie he made after Psycho. So I kind of feel like this was a flex. This movie was to flex that, like, <laughs> he's like, what can I give you the most innocuous thing and I can make it scary? He's just like, Crows. I agree with that. I agree. He was like... What are people not afraid of that they should be afraid of? Birds. It's like like literally the first thing that happened. He like looked out the window. There's a bird on his lawn. And like <laughs> no, no, I, I I don't know that. And I'm just I'm just kind of poking fun. The movie though, his I hadn't seen until I was adult. 
that I, after seeing the birds, I was just like, okay, maybe they don't all live up to the height. But Rebecca, Rebecca is an amazing movie. I'm a little pissed off. I know we talked about it in a previous episode. Clint Mansell doing the score for the new Rebecca movie that maybe doesn't need a remake, though. It does not need a remake. Also, again, he's taking, he does really good with source material. I mean, Psycho was a book too, right? Mm -hmm. So he does a really good job adapting books and and theater for film. Mm -hmm. And Rebecca is one of them. I mean, the book holds its own in its own way. It's a little bit different. But the film is just amazing. Like, it's another one of those movies that I'm, you know, I might say the film is better than the book because they're different. I mean, it's not like The Shining where it's like leagues better than the book, but it it has its own place in my heart. Oh, come on. People who say the book of The Shining is better just like don't know anything about horror. Well, you don't like when the hedge maze, (laughs) the hedge creatures coming alive? Look, I think Stephen, oh, oh, hot take. Okay, here's a hot take. I think Stephen King is an excellent storyteller and not a very good writer. Stephen, if you're listening, I don't agree. What? Well, if Stephen King's listening to the podcast. Oh, true. Oh, no. Stephen King, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> A plus. <laughs> no, I, I I could never get into Stephen King and I never got the draw of of reading it. I think that Stephen King is... Like you said, like an amazing storyteller, like almost unparalleled storyteller. That... He was a screenwriter. Oh my god! I mean, he did. He he directed a movie. What? Yeah. Uh, what is that? The the tire the truck movie, like Urge Overkill or something. Okay, and, so maybe yeah, maybe. And not. He, he said it was co-directed by Cocaine. Oh yeah, he was like high the entire time. Yeah. So that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> Stephen King, like, had amazing ideas and has amazing ideas and and has captured the imagination so many times and has appealed to so many generations as an amazing American treasure. He maybe is not the best writer. However, he does the thing that J.K. Rowling did where you can literally see him becoming a better writer from book to book. That's true. And the stories remain unique and singular. Another guy that did a lot, though. He's written a lot of books. Yeah. No, I appreciate him and and all his work. I'm just saying, like, and I, I like reading his work. It's not always the best put together, <laughs> right? But yeah. it's okay. But similar to Hitchcock, there's like the really amazing ones, and then there's the ones that are maybe not so good. Like I've never even seen Jamaica Inn. I don't even know what Jamaica <laughs> Inn is about. <laughs> I've never seen that either. Um, we are in the home stretch, Teresa. We're like really there. Like we're mm. rounding, rounding third, headed from home. Thirty-one days of horror is nearly over. We're almost done. Thanks for listening. 